0: Namo Tasa Bhagavata. Ara pipe. Samasambeddasa. Namo Tasa Bhagavata. Ara sama Samasambeddasa. Namo Tasa Bhagavata. Putang damang namasami. So uh, tonight I wanted to speak uh, about right thought. This is one of the uh, eight uh, qualities of the Noble Eightfold Path, the second one. And it's all sometimes called right intention or, or right resolve. And in the Bali language, it's called sama sankappa. And you probably have noticed, you know, that uh, there's lots of uh, thoughts coming up in the mind. Even, you know, there's not much to do and there's a lot of uh, support. But still, you know, the, the mind is just going in its habitual patterns and uh, grooves, you know, which we have been developing you know, since we are born or over lifetimes, if you, you know, uh, believe in uh, rebirth. And, uh, you know, those, those patterns become ever more apparent as we, you know, practice over the years. Some you know, some patterns fall away and then others emerge out of the unconscious and and become conscious and uh, and some of them are are really very profound and some of them are kind of more kind of um, funny maybe or weird Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it can take a, a very very long time to make peace with that because it's as Ayananda Bodhi mentioned yesterday I think you know it's it's just a function of the the thinking mind which is one of the six senses according to the Buddhist um, understanding you know to think just like the nose is you know taking in smells and the eyes takes in sights the ears sounds and so on and so forth the thinking mind the thinking, and you know it, it has a very important function you know for human beings to be able to think because otherwise we wouldn't be able to you know look after ourselves, mm. but the amount of, of of thinking our mind is doing is 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 not very helpful because of those patterns you know which we have uh, developed and uh, so we need to put the thinking mind into the right place, you know, we have to give it the right place because it's, it's overdoing it, really. And, and it, you know, it tends to, uh, you know, add, add things, you know, on top of, of what is, which is, is not necessary and often really quite destructive and, and not helpful at all because, in you know, what the thinking mind is good for is actually, you know, if we want to, you know, make, act on, on some kind of a thing, you know, we want to achieve in order to, you know, for example, get ourselves from one place to another. We, we do need the thinking mind, but, you know, once, something is, is completed we it could just stop but it doesn't and I'm sure you've all seen that in those last three days and you know and the scriptures give us many different suggestions how we can you know approach that fact you know that the thinking mind is so prolific and uh, you know one way how that can be done is, is by just you know seeing what is arising in the mind and then uh, you know investigating if, is this wholesome or unwholesome? And there's one sutta in the Machamanikaya which is called uh two kinds of thoughts. It's Matramanikaya number nineteen. And And this is a very succinct uh, instruction, you know, how we can can meet thoughts. And I thought I'm gonna read a little bit from that sutta, and you know, the language is maybe a little bit uh, unusual because it's, you know, has been spoken over 2,500 years ago. But I think it's, it's it's very powerful in its simplicity. so uh, the Buddha speaks to monks in that context so because before my enlightenment while I was still only an unenlightened bodhisattva, like all of us it concerned to me uh, it occurred to me suppose that I divide my thoughts into two classes then I set on one side thoughts of sensual desire, sorts of ill-will and thoughts of cruelty. And I said on the other side, thoughts of renunciation, sorts of non-ill-will and sorts of non-cruelty. As I abided thus, diligent, ardent and resolute, a sort of sensual desire rose in me. I understood thus, this sort of sensual desire has arisen in me. This leads to my own affliction, to others' affliction, and to the affliction of both. It obstructs wisdom, causes difficulties, and leads away from Nibbana. When I considered this leads to my own affliction, it subsided in me. When I considered this leads to the affliction of others, it subsided in me. When I considered this leads to the affliction of both, it subsided in me. When I considered this obstructs wisdom, causes difficulties and leads away from Nibbana, it subsided in me. Whenever a sort of sensual desire arose in me, I abandoned it, removed it, did away with it. You know and what I find interesting here is, you know, it's it's not, you know, that this um, sort of sensual desire was abandoned and removed, not through kind of, you know, pushing it down, but it 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 just, you know, through investigation and through reflection, it lost its its lost its, its grip on us. Because if we you know really investigate in that way, then you know over time through the uh repetition you know, of reflecting on on thoughts in that way, you know what where they are leading to they they do they do lose their their grip on us because you know we become increasingly aware how you know, we are creating our own uh, kind of prison with, you know, kind of investing into those thoughts. For example, thoughts of aversion against somebody, you know. As I I mentioned, I think, two days ago, you know, the thought of, like, anger, for example, you know, acting on, you know, thinking about it endlessly and then acting from that you know sort of ill will and then having at the first moment having this hit you know of of satisfaction for just a moment, like you know a little bit of honey on the tip of an arrow, and then afterwards you know just feeling the pain of 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 all of the complications you know which which are following afterwards, you know if we have said something unkind and then you know then somebody else you know either. You know, we have tend to deal with the with the repercussions of that, and it's not it's basically not worth it, you know, and and that clarity becomes stronger, you know, through the practice over time. We need a lot of of um, patience and and perseverance to just keep on going and uh, opening ourselves, you know, to to the repercussions of of the fact you know when we are acting on unwholesome thoughts. And then you know if we have that uh, you know capacity to really fully take in the results then that takes care of itself and you know, that they will subside in us because we don't want to you know harm ourselves or make our life more difficult. You know in the beginning when our practice is still not very strong we actually believe that if we Speak that out, you know that unwholesome act, on that unwholesome thought, that we have a relief from it. That's what we believe, because that what the, you know, an untrained mind believes in that, you know, because it wants to get rid of that excess energy, you know, which is stirred up through some causes and conditions, and thinks, you know, if if I leave it out through the mouth or through some kind of body language or so, then afterwards I'm going to feel better. And you, you will feel better, but just for a very short time. And then the remorse comes. And, and then, you know, if we then, you know, turn away from that and, and distract ourselves, we're never gonna learn. But if we really fully take it in, you know, and, and just let it move through us and, and see the, the connection, of that whole kind of chain of events, then, you know, over time, if we have seen it often enough, it does have it does have a result. And uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if 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 there are some areas where we have a real very strong uh, patterns, we might have to to go, you know, to to have um, to be more proactive you know and have to maybe really replace one thought an unwholesome thought with a wholesome thought for example you know if we have a very strong pattern in in one area but if it's if it's not if it hasn't yet you know been so ingrained I think that uh, you know, investigation is enough to really see the whole chain of events from the beginning to the end and and uh, feel it fully. And uh, you know, so the the three kinds of right thought are: first one is thoughts of renunciation then thoughts of non-ill-will or loving-kindness, metta, and thoughts of uh, harmlessness or non-cruelty or um, compassion, karuna. So this is the three you know, groups of, uh, of right thought. And you know, renunciation has also a lot to do with generosity. And so they are all you know those those three groups of thoughts they have a lot to do you know with with uh, giving a lot of space you know bringing space into any situation, and through that bringing space you know there is is a possibility to take in the bigger picture, not seeing it also only about me and myself, what it means for me and myself, but seeing it in, in a in a wider context, and that's automatically you know conducive to to seeing seeing more clear. Because if we see things only in relationship, you know, to our own uh, preferences and what we want and so on and so forth, of course, you know, that is very deluded. And, um, you know, bringing in renunciation, loving-kindness and compassion means, you know, that we are also considering others and considering you know, implications of of our action, how they how they impact not only our our human beings but, you know, impact the environment, impact the world we, we live in. And you know, usually, you know, sorts of, of ill-will, for example, aversion, aggression, and so on, they are much easier, you know, to, to recognize as being unwholesome than sorts of sensual desire, for example. And, you know, sorts of ill-will are generally more, more, you know, kind of dangerous in terms of, you know, harming other people. And they are easier to recognize and 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 uh, desire sorts of sensual desire are are more difficult to work with because they are often you know kind of uh, hidden in in, uh, in pleasant feeling because we are very you know um, conditioned you know to consider wanting a good thing you know because the whole culture is is very much, um, you know, steeped in 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 consumerism, as you all know, and and want and not wanting anything is 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 a weird thing, and there's something not quite quite right with people. And I think you know, here we we want generally much less than the average person out there. I guess you know. But we still, you know, uh, are deeply impacted by, by the paradigm of the culture, of course. And so it needs needs a lot of uh, care to, to really pay attention. Because then, you know, we can bring this this wanting. Maybe we don't want to buy so many things, but then we want to have certain states in meditation or we want, you know, people sitting next to us in a meditation hall to be different, or all of those things. We can bring the wanting in so many other areas, you know. So, you know, sorts of of renunciation, of letting go. I mean, the whole, all of, as I said, I think today, you know, Letting go is like a different way how we can, you know, speak about renunciation, and that's really the the, the essence of, of uh, the Buddhist teaching, and you know, and of all spiritual teachings is about you know letting go of uh, preconceived ideas of how it should be and opening ourselves to how it is and uh you know recognizing that uh, there is no uh you know lasting anything to be found in in this world and there's no lasting safety to be found anywhere rather you know it can only be found in in an you know ongoing letting go of of ideas, how it should be, and you know, renunciation is is a very central um, part of the practice, and you know, vice restraint in in our practices is a is a tool. You know how we can train ourselves to become more proficient, you know, in in letting go. So, you know, having that uh, capacity, you know, to to say no in in a way which is uh, informed by care and compassion for ourselves. And, uh, you know, understanding that uh, that is a real, you know, self-empowerment if we are able, you know, to say no to things. And, you know, and using that, that vice that restraint as a, as a means, you know, to get to know ourselves better. And, and to allow, you know, those, uh, conditioned ideas, you know, we have about what we need in order to be happy. To question those, you know, because in in, a, in this culture here on the American West Coast, people are very, very um, tempered a lot, you know. I mean, people who can make it into a center like this. I mean, there's lots of poor people here too, in San Francisco, I've seen yeah, lots of people on the streets. And you know, and people coming, you know, from other countries to work here, like from Mexico and so on. But there, you have a lot of. Uh, at least, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody. But when I when I came here, you know, from from England and in those meditation centers like Spirit Rock and uh, other places, you know, seeing. Or or IMS also, you know. Seeing uh, the you know the uh, a way how how um, the amount of support you know people are expecting, you know, even just in a, in, a, in a meditation center, it's not a a, a hotel or anything, and is is actually quite astonishing, you know. I've practiced mostly in Asia for a long time and. It's very, very simple compared, you know, with what is offered here. So I, I wonder, you know, if that's really so good for people. Because it, it makes, makes one very, very dependent on, on having it one's way. And, and I think, you know, to just delay that kind of, of gratification can be, can be a good thing. And and just seeing, you know, what it what it brings up, and and allow that to to uh, open you up to to a bigger view onto what you think you need in order to be you know be okay. And you know, it's 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 a kind of. Um, saying no with 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 care and with concern because it's uh it frees us, you know, from dependency on on a lot of, of things. And there is a quote of Ajahn and where he says, if you let go a little bit you have a little bit of freedom. If you let go a lot, you have a lot. And if you let go completely, then there's complete freedom. So it's, it's that way of thinking, you know, which, which is... Uh, it's very much you know, the essence of the teaching. Letting go as a... as a way, you know, to escape into reality rather than from it. Yeah, as, a, as a way of uh, being being more connected and um, you know needing not so many layers in between life and and what I consider to be myself, you know, in order to preserve that idea of what I am. And so you know, training ourselves in in, in that uh, having a, you know, giving up something as a means, you know, to make oneself more able to, to to find you know um, independence from conditions is a good training and and you know being here in a, in a retreat center like that can be part of of the practice you know which we are doing over those days because it's maybe more difficult when you get back home you know. And then the next uh, of those three sorts, uh is a sort of non ill will or a sort of uh, loving kindness or, or metta. You know, it's a training our hearts and, you know, taking. Uh, <coughs> you know, understanding the fact that we can actually, to a very big extent, you know, train our hearts and can choose, you know, how we how we feel and relate to to things. So, for example, you know, if you're sitting in a meditation hall and there's a, somebody who moves, um, you know, breathes loud or something like that, and we feel, you know, aversion coming up, we can, you know, we can let that just happen or we can we can uh, become conscious of it and and choose you know to bring in a, a feeling or a sort of, of loving kindness first for ourselves you know because we obviously feel we, we, we feel disturbed by it we feel annoyed by it and we can, you know, we can hold that with with um, with a feeling of uh, acceptance and of uh, matter. And then, you know, if, if, we're able, if we're able to do that, then there's also a possibility, you know, to extend that to that other person. But we always, we have to start with ourselves first. And... you know, relating to our longings, relating to our, you know, desires, what we think we need to have in order to be happy. We, you know, relate to the longing, but kind of free the longing from, from the object of the longing. Just be with the longing itself. And, and uh, just fully, you know, open to that feeling of the longing. Of you know this feeling of uh, whatever longing it is, you know. Because if we can just be with that, with that, really fully be with that and allow it to open us up, it you know it connects us with. Uh, With a kind of loving kindness, with with a kind of love, you know, a longing for being happy ourselves, you know, it it just uh, starts to open up to to a feeling of, you know. You know of arriving, and but for that, you know, we have to have to allow the, the the longing to really ripple, you know, through the system, and 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 not prematurely, you know, stop it by, but just going out and and getting what you want or saying, you know, something. So. It's, it's it's this capacity to be with these very strong energies and and allowing them to to change us and allowing them you know to open us up from this small world you know of of what i want into into something much bigger than ourselves And then also another way you know how we can work with that is for example, you know if there is lots of you know aversion in relationship with other people, for example, trying to focus on the good qualities of people and and very often you know i've I've seen in community life you know certain strengths which people have they have you know certain. Good qualities they have they often like have a, have a shadow but they are both you know the 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 good qualities and the not so good qualities they are stemming you know from the same um, source you know for example in I can see that with myself very very well you know I I'm quite I have a lot of capacity for organizing and and so on and so forth, but that has also like a shadow side to it, for example. And some people, maybe they are very spacious, very accommodating, but then, you know, that has a shadow side also. So, you know, to to just see that uh, in people and then try to kind of focus more on the good qualities and develop maybe some some gratitude, you know, what what these people bring into your life, and then... From that gratitude is very easy, you know, to have have a feeling of loving kindness, and it's a it's a gradual process with a lot of patience for that, because you know we need to really uh, allow it to on an energetic level, you know, to to be. Um, to be understood in that way because only then, you know, can can we really um, go through the transformation process. It's not something we can do uh, just by thinking about it. We have to really let it completely go through us and uh, feel it through and, you know, go through, the, through this process of uh, you know it's like a, you know cooking cooking some food you know it, it, it just takes some time for all of the bits you know to, to kind of break down and, and uh, you know make a real nourishing uh, meal out of it and then you know from that uh, we we can then you know meet the situation in a way where we feel uh, strong enough to to allow it to just be what it is and then without you know preconceived you know ideas and judgments we can just spontaneously respond by sometimes saying no and making boundaries and, and sometimes Opening to it in a different way, and then the the third of those uh, uh, thoughts is is a sort of harmlessness and non cruelty, or compassion or karuna. You know, harm you know, harmfulness or cruelty is, is usually defined as you know, inflicting unnecessary suffering unnecessary pain because you know there is pain in life there is no way to escape it and it's you know one of the basic teachings also that you know we don't need to suffer but we, we need to be able to tolerate pain and you know in trying to run away from pain and running after pleasure it's it's like that's what samsara is all about, and it's an endless running and running and never never gonna go anywhere with that so but we don't need to inflict you know uh, more pain on top of pain and you know if we look into the news, mm-hmm. I mean there's so much of that going on, you know, all the wars and and then you know whole whole uh, nations can. Can get really caught up in this. Uh, it's contagious, you know, and it's it's brings a lot of uh, sadness and and terrible things in, into the into the lives of many people and. You know, there's and it, it's you know the, its root is is a lack of empathy, and a lack of empathy is very often you know stems from from an inability you know to open ourselves to to our own pain, to our own suffering, and because we can't you know be close to our own pain, we we can't we don't have any capacity to to be close to other people's pain. So it, again, you know, it just it starts with ourselves first, you know, opening to our own um, pain, and you know, meditation is is a very good uh, tool for that also. You know, to have that uh, cultivated equanimity and and openness, you know, to be with with what is, and allow it, you know, to transform us. And very often, you know, people who have gone through incredible suffering, if they have done it in in such a way, they become, you know, very, very compassionate people. And because they, you know, they're not afraid of pain. They can just be with it because they know it's, it's part of life. There's no way to escape it. If you're born as a human being with a body like this, it's not, you have pain. And a certain amount of, you know, like unpleasant feeling can also, is, is quite helpful actually, you know. Because it helps us to navigate the body through the landscape, really. So it's just part and parcel of, of this birth and it's, um, it's needed. And you know, in this um, this capacity, you know, to open up to to what is, you know, can be um, It can be increased by by just reflecting in the in the right way, you know, on our experience. You know, do we do we want to know the truth, you know, about our situation or do we do we just want to kind of keep on you know running away from it and just to, to connect you know with that that love for, for the truth because that can give us you know the strength which is sometimes is needed if something is really difficult to to embrace you know that love for truth is is something we, I'm sure, we all share because otherwise you wouldn't have come here. And, you know, that love for truth is what, what the Buddha, you know, what got him, you know, onto the path and, and he left, you know, his former life behind and, and stepped out into the unknown in a very extreme way. And we don't have to do it that way, we, have, we can do it just in the way we are doing it, you know. But still, sometimes if it's difficult, you know, to remember that, you know, if you really want to uh, leave behind ignorance, this is, is, a, is a big deal, really. And, and it requires a lot of courage. and you know, if we really want to um, you know go far with this practice, then we have to be really willing you know to step out of our comfort zone, and then you know if we do that out of 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 compassion, for example, if we you know, can reflect on on the fact, you know, that uh, if we, you know, realize truth to a deeper extent, we'll be much more effective, you know, in in our own lives and we'll be much more able, you know, to also bring benefit to others. So that's also one way, you know, how this sort of uh, compassion, you know, is is very helpful in the practice because it can motivate us, you know, to step out into the unknown to a bigger extent because we know we can bring we can bring that to others because you know if we haven't you know cleared our mind to a the extent you know we won't be able to bring benefit to others we just bring more confusion and uh, you know if you want to pull somebody out from the mud you, if you yourself stand in the mud it's not gonna be very helpful you know you're both gonna get caught up but you have to stand on 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 relatively firm ground and then you can help. You know, and remembering that can can be a motivating uh force, you know, sometimes if you are not quite willing, you know. Just do it for the do it for the benefit of others, not just for our own benefit. And so those three thoughts of um uh, three right thoughts are Right resolve, the sort of uh, renunciation, the sort of um, non ill will or metta, and the sort of uh, non cruelty or compassion. Those three sorts, you know, can help us to uh, you know make more space into our lives and into our mind, so that we can see more clearly. And uh, and from that clear seeing, act you know in a way which brings benefit to ourselves and to others. And you know, opening ourselves to a bigger picture, and you know, stepping out of that contraction about me and mine, which is which is just uh, you know a bundle of of feelings and thoughts and perceptions and it doesn't really have any substance to it. It, It's constantly changing and that can only be seen, you know, if there's enough space around it. Because if you're completely identified with it, you know, we are just kind of rolling in those thoughts and and just you know having no perspective on it and those three thoughts they can you know uh, help us to to see clearly because they allow us you know to have some perspective to see it in context and and you know, if we do have enough love for the truth we we, we will remember those thoughts and you know this, this love for the truth is uh, is really needed you know in order for for new ways of, of relating to our experience to to come come through. It's like, you know, if you if you have a, a seed, you need to water it, it needs to have sunshine, it needs to have warmth, all of those, you know, different qualities for that seed, you know, to to um, start to flourish and, and, and become what it can become what's the what's the potential of that seed and and the and the same is with our you know love for the truth we already have the seed in there, but we have to we have to attend to it you know and and cultivating those three thoughts is a way how how we can attend to that which is already here in seed form but it needs it needs caring it needs uh, warmth and it needs uh, looking after and you know and you know paying attention to what's happening in our minds in the present moment is is what is needed and then uh, you know the, what what flowers forth is is wisdom and compassion and you know and wisdom and compassion they are they belong together, because if we have if we have real wisdom, if we have real insight, compassion is is the automatic response. And if there is is compassion, real compassion, then it has to be paired with wisdom. Otherwise, it's 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 something else. It's what Trungpa Rinpoche calls idiot compassion, you know, which doesn't help people. <laughs> because it just caters to their defilements. So wisdom and compassion, they belong together. And there's this very beautiful um, saying of of, uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj, and he says, um, Wisdom says, I am nothing. And compassion says, I am everything. And between those two, my life unfolds. And wisdom says I'm nothing, having insight into into uh, emptiness or into not self. And compassion says I'm everything, you know, embracing whatever is happening and giving space to everything. And and it's this paradox, you know, because if if we completely, you know lose ourselves in the embrace, that is also not really helpful. It has to be balanced with, with, with wisdom. But also if we lose ourselves completely in, in emptiness, that is not enough. So it's, it's a combination of both which gives us that uh, capacity, you know, to to be spontaneously responding from that uh, space you know, within ourselves, which already has that in seed form, which we just need to attend to it. And, and uh, by you know, considering those three thoughts, that's one way how that can happen. Sorts of renunciation and sorts of non ill will or metta and and sorts of uh, non cruelty or compassion. So I think I stop here. Thank you.